Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Kalanorkas. On today's episode, we're discussing the major breaking story that Sebastian Vettel will leave Ferrari after the 2020 season and what that means for Formula One's driver market. With me to discuss this development, which is recorded as a live episode broadcast on Autosport's YouTube channel, are Autosport's Formula One reporter Luke Smith, Motorsport Network's Director of Digital Strategy Jess McFadden, and GP Racing's Executive Editor Stuart Codling. We hope you enjoy this episode. Well, hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast, which is being recorded live and also put out on our YouTube channel. Now, I'm your host, Alex Kalanorkas, Autosport's Grand Prix Editor. And the reason why I'm, uh, I'm here with you right now, I'm not sat on that sofa enjoying what should be a lockdown holiday of doing absolutely nothing, is because there's been big news in the world of Formula One today. Sebastian Vettel will be leaving Ferrari at the end of the 2020 season. Now, a quick bit of housekeeping first for those of us, uh, for, for those of you following this on YouTube. Um, we want to hear what your thoughts are on this. So please do comment and we'll hopefully uh, get to some of your best questions later on. Joining me on this show are Luke Smith, Stuart Codling, and Jess McFadden. Welcome guys. I hope you, uh, you're you all as uh, as captivated and, uh, and interested in this news of uh, Sebastian Vettel leaving as I am. So uh, Luke, perhaps we'll start with you seeing as I noticed from your Instagram story you were up around about 3am writing about Sebastian Vettel which is a situation ideally no one wants to find themselves in but it is obviously quite a major breaking story. So for anyone that, that isn't aware of what's going on can you run us through what's happened? We obviously have been following this story for a number of weeks, number of months about Sebastian Vettel and his contract talks with Ferrari uh, going into the future. Uh, his contract was up at the end of this year. Uh, Ferrari were known to be uh, looking for revised terms with him. 
He's always gone for a three-year contract with Ferrari. He's always been one of the highest paid drivers in the sport. But obviously with Charles Leclerc's emergence last year and a new five-year contract, Vettel no longer quite had the power he once had at Ferrari. So there were talks between him and the team as to what that new contract would look like on a reduced wage, on a reduced contract length as well. Um, And then... It had been quite quiet for a little while. I mean, both parties said for a long time that they were committed to getting a deal done. It was all looking pretty positive. And it's been quiet for a few weeks. And uh, then late last night, we had uh, our German colleagues got in touch saying that uh, they heard that uh, Sebastian was going to be leaving Ferrari and that that news would be confirmed on Tuesday morning. And the story sort of gathered steam overnight. So uh, yeah, meant another late night uh, covering a Vettel shock departure brought back memories of Suzuka 2014 as well which was a very similar story Um, and uh, yeah then it was confirmed this morning by Ferrari announcing that Sebastian Vettel will be leaving the team at the end of the season Uh, Vettel made clear that financial considerations were were never a factor in the discussions but uh, he wanted to uh, reassess what is important in his life that was kind of the message we were getting from it Uh, quite interesting he talked about the pandemic break that we've had as well it's sort of given him a chance to maybe reflect a little bit more maybe reassess where things are in his life and uh, yeah in the end they jointly decided to call off talks meaning that Sebastian Vettel will be leaving Ferrari at the end of the year well thank you very much for that summary Luke uh, it's pretty big the news of the season so far and obviously it's very sadly because of the, the coronavirus crisis a season that hasn't even started yet uh, Jess going to come to you next how did you react when you heard the news last night this morning when, th- when things broke yeah I don't envy Luke having to be up at 3am because I, I awoke to the news um, but yeah it, it's not something I think think that a lot of people thought they were going to be getting um especially not right now but um I think the biggest thing for me is that a lot of people kind of going into the season especially when Leclerc and Verstappen had their long-term deals at their respective teams kind of solidified that we weren't going to have much of a of a silly season but this is just essentially blown that wide open um which is kind of the most interesting thing from from my perspective you know not to kind of glaze over the fact that one of F1's most successful drivers is no longer going to be at one of the most successful teams um but that that to me is 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 kind of what I think a lot of people are talking about um obviously you know I think for a lot of people the writing was maybe on the wall there'd been quite a lot of speculation about his future in any case. Um, And obviously with the youngster Leclerc coming along last season and kind of giving him a big run for his money, uh, there were always these questions about, you know, is he going to, is he going to stay? Is he going to leave? Is he going to be happy with a young buck performing, outperforming him on track? You know, he's not, he's never really been one to stick around once a younger guy starts showing his, his, his colours. So I personally wasn't hugely surprised. Um, but I guess one of the things that um, came out of this, this, in this entire um kind of headline as well is that he he his statement in in the Ferrari press release was that he's taken this time away from F1 to to reestablish his priorities um which I thought was interesting because it links back to Lewis having saying uh, that he was actually considering taking a sabbatical from F1 in any case and that he's kind of been given it because of this lockdown and um maybe the two these two greats of F1 have kind of actually quite enjoyed not racing and maybe maybe it's a case of you know he's not quite said if he's going to retire or if he's going to stay in racing but it seems that he's he's quite enjoyed the break 
what happens next is going to take up a lot of our time and our and our and our analysis in the coming months. Uh, now, Codders, uh, how did what did you feel when you uh, when you heard the news? Was there a particular uh, was there a particular reference, a particular topical thing that you could liken this to? And also, what do you think Vettel might do next? I thought that the the phrasing of it, talking about reassessing his priorities, was a little bit kind of like a tricky breakup, wasn't it? You know, it's it's not you, it's me, kind of thing. The fact that it came, the the initial reports came from our friends in Germany. So suggested to me that maybe this information has come from Camp Vettel itself, actually, and either he's trying to control the news agenda in some way or he's putting a signal flare up to uh, other teams, other interested parties to say, look, I'm available uh, from next year onwards. Uh, so maybe trying to kickstart negotiations there. On the other hand, you have to say that if you're going to walk away from the negotiating table with Ferrari, you probably need to have a little bit of a deal in place already. So maybe he is already in conversation with some people. Uh, and, and there have obviously been a lot of other names linked with potential uh, re- potentially replacing him. And if someone moves from another team to replace him at Ferrari, perhaps he could slot in there depending on where that is. It, it all depends on whether he wants to continue in Formula One or not, because obviously we have Fernando Alonso hanging around on the sidelines, hoping to get a foothold uh, in any potential vacancy. Indeed, and it's almost it's almost not worth breaking up the two sides of who could replace Vettel and where could Vettel go because they're almost they're almost inexplicably linked, really. Um, now, Luke, what do you think? What do you see as? Well, maybe we'll frame it first of all with that. What do you see as Vettel's options? Because it was interesting. He did an interview with our motorsport.com colleague Roberto Kinkro in Melbourne. It was a wide ranging interview. We used it on Autosport magazine and on Autosport Plus, and Vettel sort of suggested that. You know, Kimi Raikkonen, his former teammate, went to Alfa Romeo. You know, it was Sauber then at the time when he joined, and then it became Alfa Romeo for the last season. But Vettel didn't sort of go, "Yep, that's exactly what I want to do. I just want to be about the racing. I, I don't care what team I drive for." He was like, "Well, I'm not really sure that once I've 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 I've, I've raced at the front, I have fought for world titles. Is it is it is it really what I want to do to go back to the midfield and be scrapping just to make the pe- make the points or make Q3 or whatever?" So, what do you think he might do? And 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 really, is retirement an option for him? Um, I think it is a big option for him. And when this news was announced, um, I immediately thought of, there's a quote from Mark Webber uh, that he gave in 2014 saying that he predicted Vettel would do everything early in his life, that he would win his titles early, he would have kids early, have a family early, and he would retire early as well. And Vettel, he's 32, 33. So that, that is all ringing very, very true right now, I think. Um, and yeah, as you rightly say, like Seb in, in that interview with Roberto, he never said that, oh yeah, I want to keep on racing well into my 40s like Kimi and sort of always be part of the F1 furniture. He he talked about sort of happiness and about what makes him happy in his life. And I think it's it's interesting sort of that family side of it and that this has been a time when all of the drivers and everyone in F1 really has sort of had a chance to spend time with their families and do something in a season that they would never normally get. Um, in Seb's case, he has got a, a young baby boy uh, that was born last November and he would never have been afforded these sort of precious time that a parent would ordinarily have, ordinarily have with a child. Uh, he would never have got that normally, but now he has. I just wonder whether that's maybe sort of part of the reassessment that he's talked about and maybe sort of rethinking. I think retirement, it is a serious option, I think, because if he doesn't want to do do what Kimmy's doing and just keep racing because he loves it and for the fun of it, 
then I think he, he'll see no reason to. I think he'll think, well, I may as well um, spend that time with my family and enjoy my sort of quiet life that I've established. But I think if he if he wants to find a seat, then I think he, he will be able to. I think there's, there's a few options that will sort of move around once Ferrari decide who they want to replace him at, uh, at Maranello. Um, but I think that's really a question for Seb to sort of answer. And as he, maybe he has sort of reassessing these priorities as he talks about, I think to walk away from Ferrari, that's that's a big thing. But to walk away from F1 altogether, like it's it's going to be interesting to see whether he can do one without doing the other. Jess, you mentioned, as you were speaking earlier on, about what's happened in Vettel's past when Daniel Ricciardo joined him at Red Bull in 2014. They were there for a season. Ricciardo outperformed him. Vettel left, went to Ferrari. The, new, the dream was fresh and new. And now it's happened again. Charles Leclerc has rocked up, outperformed him. They've clashed on track high profile incident in Brazil um, and and now he's he's going again obviously there is still hope we hope we hope there's a season going to happen in 2020 and and who knows Vettel could win the title it's not outside the realms of possibility but we think that judging by Ferrari's forming testing that is a bit of an outside shot but all things considered with what's happened with Ricciardo and what's happened now with Leclerc do you think that impacts Vettel's uh, Vettel's reputation and his status within it within F1? I think, you know, and I'm actually seeing some comments coming in on on YouTube at the moment going, you guys are far too harsh on Vettel. You know, he's a four-time world champion. He's got all these records against his name. And that is completely and utterly valid. I don't think we're particularly being harsh on him. We're just stating facts, you know. You've just stated that when Ricardo came along, he didn't exactly like being outperformed by a young up-and-comer. Because um, obviously that was his role, right? He was the young up-and-comer. He won in the Toro Rosso, uh, he, you know, he, he he had all this amazing future in front of him, and not that you know, this is this is always a big question, isn't it? Is when when does an F one great, if we're going to use that word, um, kind of peak. And when when do we start kind of looking at them to go? You know, it's probably time to go out to pasture and maybe do a bit of a Kimmy and you know just we love seeing you because you've got fans and you've done brilliant things but you know are you really going to win again and I think you know we saw in the 2017 2018 he had a real shot and I don't think we can ever take that away from him you know he gave us great battles with Hamilton but ultimately Hamilton um for reasons I think both Ferrari led and a few mistakes on Vettel's on Vettel's uh hand it just it it didn't come to him and and as you've said I don't know if Ferrari have got the package obviously we didn't get to really see much outside of testing but you know it's not it's not it wasn't looking altogether like it was going to happen so especially with Charles Leclerc in that in that second Ferrari seat you know if anybody was going to take it to Hamilton it's definitely going to be Leclerc so it's 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 a funny one and i think uh that we can't take it away from vettel what he's achieved in his career i think you know we we can look back on it and he should look back on it with absolute fondness and 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 with pride but it it does get to a point where you know ferrari are looking towards their future is Vettel the right person for that for that seat? Uh, even if it was Vettel that negotiated his way out of the contract because it just didn't fit with him, it it is it is to do with looking looking forward and 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 seeing as as to whether that's the right that's the right pairing. And I think that's what's every on everyone's lips at the moment. It's what is that pairing in Ferrari going to going to look like? I think you're right there to emphasise that you know 
Vettel will, will, without a doubt will go down as one of F1's greats. You don't win four world titles and, and not be able to do that. It is just interesting to see that, you know, a pattern emerges with Ricciardo, with Leclerc and him leaving and leaving the teams there. Um, it was You referenced 2017, 2018 there. And I think 2018 will be one that Vettel really must look back on. I think that's where I, I let it get, get away from me because the Ferrari was capable of taking it to the Mercedes over that season. And unfortunately, it was his errors starting in Germany that let it really unravel. And it, it leads you to wonder would would Lewis Hamilton had he been in the Ferrari at the time would he have uh, have lost that title and well, I think the conclusion that you almost have to be drawn to is that he, he probably would have done because as we've seen when they've gone wheel to wheel it has been Hamilton that hasn't made the mistakes that Vettel was shown again well, you know th- this is not to be a massively down on Sebastian Vettel I think he, I think he achieved some phenomenal things in Formula 1 those the racing he did in you know in 2010 in 2011 2012 all those title years was truly phenomenal he got a lot of stick for not being able to race never understood that he put in some brilliant moves and was genuinely genuinely Genuinely, as I say, one of Formula One's greats. Now, Codders, I want to come to you because it's interesting as we're talking about that. It's all, it's like I said, everything's linked in this debate and this topic. The the decision today, Ferrari and Vettel both said it was a joint decision that they're not going to be working together. Now, we've sort of, I've sort of suggested there, and, and what I think is that is that Vettel was to blame potentially for Ferrari losing the 2018 world title. But at the same time, Ferrari really hasn't given him all that many cars with which he could take on Lewis Hamilton. So it's a joint decision that they're leaving each other, but surely surely Ferrari must take some blame for the fact that the dream scenario at the start of 2015 hasn't come to pass. It's a sorry tale of mutual disappointment, I think, which is, it's, it's always a shame when a relationship, <clears throat> any relationship, but in this case, um, in Formula One, that a, a driver comes to a team and they have great expectations of each other. And and those realisations, or sorry, those expectations don't don't come to fruition and and yes you're right i think ferrari do have to shoulder some of the blame because if if we look back earlier in vettel's career okay so with red bull he had a fantastically downforce endowed car um the the exhaust blown diffusers perfectly played to his skill set he was able to do tricks with that car that maybe no one else could and you look he absolutely wiped the floor with his teammate mark weber um you know we've we've quoted Mark Webber's comments about him, but the, the fact is that he made Mark Webber look very, very ordinary in the Red Bull. Sean of of of, of that sort of the the exhaust blown diffuser thing, we we did see him come up short against a teammate in a poor car in 2014, and that that year against Ricardo um, in Red Bull, you have to say how much of it was Ricardo, how much of it was Vettel's motivation slipping because the car was appalling. If we move on to Ferrari, 2015, he had a good car. He he did well. He was expecting better in 2016, but the 2016 car was not a measurable improvement. So maybe that's when maybe the rot started to set in. When they did give him a better car, um, you know, 2017, 2018, much better cars, competitive for the world championship. But there were also organisational problems, operational problems. There was discord behind the scenes. And he is a sensitive personality. I think he, he he feeds off positive energy, but he's also affected by negative energy. Ferrari was a very troubled team um, throughout the Maurizio Ruvabene era. So even with having such a competitive car, I'm not sure he quite scaled the heights that possibly his his, his talent deserved. So yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't put it at fifty fifty, but I, I do think he's he's not got as much out of Ferrari as perhaps they should have given him completely now as we sort of alluded to earlier there are some early favorites from the drivers among the grid that could potentially take uh, Vettel's seat I think we've got to look at Daniel Ricciardo out of contract at Renault 
is he committed to that to that project for the long term? We know there was a lot of a lot of interest, a lot of news when that first came about in 2018. Uh, then you've got Antonio Giovinazzi. He's in Ferrari's seat at Alfa Romeo. Could easily slot in alongside Leclerc. And then, of course, there's Carlos Sainz Jr. at McLaren. Did a very, very good job last year. Highly rated driver. Showed very well against Max Verstappen, I thought, when they were teammates at Toro Rosso. So of those three, Luke... What do, what do you think of their chances of potentially moving up? And I think perhaps we'll come on to discuss some of the uh, high-profile names also on the grid and off the grid that might come to, to come into the debate later on. Yeah, there's a, a wide array of names that are being linked with this seat already. I'm sure Matir Benotto woke up this morning to a, a long list of missed calls and voicemails on his phone of people uh, wanting to get interested in the seat. Um, yeah, the names you mentioned there, Daniel Ricciardo is a, an obvious option. Um, I think he's probably the quickest out-and-out driver who is realistically available to Ferrari right now for next year. Um, as you said, he joined Renault uh, for 2019 as part of a long-term project. 2021 was always their goal. Um, for that to be the season, they really become competitive and give Ricardo the chance to fight for wins, possibly a world championship. But I think some of Ricardo's confidence in the Renault project would have been dented by last year. It was a very difficult season. The team dropped from fourth to fifth in the Constructors' Championship, struggled to be a real force at the front of the midfield, let alone bridge the gaps the top three teams so I think he would be it would be surprising if he wasn't interested in move to Ferrari I think he would be a good option but there is obviously the question mark over whether him and Leclerc would be able to fit together I mean Leclerc is I think clearly going to be the number one driver from now on the man Ferrari want to lead them in the future Ricardo, I don't know if he would slot in too happily with a young upstart teammate maybe similar to what he found at Red Bull with uh, Max Verstappen obviously so that that I think is the big question mark there. Um, you mentioned Antonio Giovinazzi. I think uh, Ferrari, if they did want to sort of commit to having a good sort of junior program moving forward, I think then, yeah, potentially that could be an option. But I I just don't see him having enough experience or having really shown enough in F1 yet to to justify having having that seat. I think his first season with Alfa Romeo was, it was so-so, not great, not brilliant. Um, Leclerc showed from day one at uh, um, Sauber what he could do so I think a world of difference between those two and then you've got Carlos Sainz who I think is the real sort of I would say he's the favourite for the seat right now I think he was very impressive with McLaren last year I think he proved that he has got the potential to really be sort of a a good front running driver Um, I think comparable to maybe how Valtteri Bossas was with Williams, sort of really impressing and punching above his weight in the midfield. And also, I don't think he would rock the boat too much with uh, with Leclerc and with Ferrari. I think he would slot in quite nicely to that whole setup. So uh, yeah, I think those are probably the, the leading three names right now. I think probably you say Ricardo and uh, Sainz are probably the two favourites. But if I had to put my money on anyone right now, it would probably be on Carlos Sainz Jr. We've actually had a fan question come in from Thomas Freeberg, who actually kind of alludes to one of the points you made, Luke, which was, don't you think Ferrari will aim for a wingman for Leclerc that is ready to help Leclerc win the championship? Are they going to take a take a mark out of Mercedes' book, dare we say? Yeah, and that could be an option for them because I think Ferrari, you look at obviously the great sort of Schumacher-Barrichello partnership, it was very, very clear where the balance of power lay there. And even with uh, even with Alonso, when he was leading the team and Vettel, when he had Kimi Raikkonen as a teammate, Raikkonen was always a brilliant foil for Vettel. He was always sort of good and a, a decent number two, but never quite quick enough to worry Vettel. And it was clear who the team rallied around. And I think now we're sort of looking at a similar thing that, yeah, Ferrari, I think they'll want to find someone who can... Obviously, push Leclerc and sort of bring out the very best in him, but I don't think they're looking for someone who can beat Charles Leclerc on a on a, a sort of week in week out basis. So uh, that is why I would have big sort of question marks over whether Ricardo would be a, a real good fit there. 
What about Nico Hulkenberg? He's been close to Ferrari before. He might occupy uh, a compliant number two role and he makes fewer mistakes than Antonio Giovinazzi. And then he might actually get a podium. But then there will be the inevitable crash at Baku, I think, if Hulkenberg was in the Ferrari. Uh, now, it's, you know, it's interesting. Everybody's making very sensible suggestions about what Ferrari could do, taking in a driver that might not uh, you know, upset Leclerc. But Ferrari have already shown, they've already proved that they, they've gone against their history by hiring Leclerc in the first place he was only a year in at Sauber when he got the Ferrari drive so potentially they could make a more wild left field choice maybe 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 something they think that you know it's worth trying to get a big name like for instance Lewis Hamilton we know the two sides have talked to each other already and considering at the moment there's nothing happening there's no racing going on we should definitely speculate about this so Jess you mentioned earlier uh, very correctly that the silly season had sort of gone it gone a bit cold so for instance like Leclerc was tied to his long-term contract at Ferrari Verstappen at Red Bull the Hamilton Mercedes contract talks haven't really nothing's really come along at, at, at this particular point there's all sorts of questions about what will happen to Mercedes in Formula 1 now because of the pandemic there was already question marks about would they leave anyway because they'd achieved so much Toto Wolff and all the interesting things going around uh, going on around him uh, potentially at Aston Martin you know he's brought into the, the team a little bit sorry into, into the road car company a little bit so it's no guarantee that Lewis Hamilton will even stay at Mercedes uh, next year and we haven't even had any racing in 2020 yet what do you think the likelihood of him going to Ferrari is you know Ferrari haven't had the best car for recent years but they're going to be using the same car in 2020 and 2021 so there's no guarantee of titles but yet it's Ferrari it's what ultimately almost every driver I'm sure that's that's the dream job really so yeah what do you think the likelihood of that happening is everyone's been adamant at Mercedes haven't they that Mercedes are always going to be in a position to attract the best driver on the grid and that's currently Lewis Hamilton and Lewis has said you know I I am happy in my Mercedes family and I'm happy with where I am and why would I you know turn my back on six like six world titles five of which I've had with the team it's 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 just you know the the rhetoric has been very much like I'm not going anywhere but I think you know I think the, the one thing that keeps coming out, especially from, I think, the fan perspective, is if Lewis, if, if Lewis Hamilton could win in a Ferrari in terms of tying up his career, I don't think there could be very many doubters uh, if he was then to be able to pull off a world title with Ferrari. What a career that would have that would be with all of those accolades under his belt. So I think the fans would love to see it. Um, I don't know if I don't know how the Ferrari fans would react. The wider F1 fandom would 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 quite happily see uh, Hamilton in red um, and competing with uh, with with the Mercedes no longer being there. I mean, dare I say maybe it would give Bottas a chance? It's an interesting one. People are putting him as an outlier right now for that seat and saying that Ricardo and Sainz are, are maybe better fits, more likely fits. Lewis must have woken up this morning, wherever he is in the world, some lo- exotic location, rubbed his hands because it gives him more power. Um, if a seat like that is there for the taking, then he's got more negotiation power Um to either stay at Mercedes or to get a lovely little deal going on at Ferrari. Um, You know, personally, I'd quite like to see Vettel and Hamilton as teammates. Um, I think it probably ruined the bromance that they've got going on um, that everyone seems to be obsessed with at the moment as well. But I I think, you know, have two multiple world champions in the same team could be hugely fiery, but I think it would give us a great, a great show. 
I completely agree with that. And I also just say, if there are any Ferrari fans out there that are seriously against Lewis Hamilton joining your team, I think you need to have a good, long, hard look at yourself because why wouldn't you want the best driver of his era in that red car? I think it would be, first of all, fantastic to see. And also, just uh, it, would just be, it, would just be, it would just be tremendous for the team as well. Um, Codders, what about the real outsider? Because like Nico Hulkenberg, he's outside of Formula 1, but also he might have burnt his bridges at Ferrari. He might have burnt his bridges in Formula 1 totally. Fernando Alonso, he said recently, he knows what his plans are for 2021. Well, might they have just changed? Or is he... he at something potentially he already knew about the Vettel news who knows what do you think the likelihood of Fernando Alonso returning to Ferrari is for next season people talk about Fernando Alonso saying that his plans were sorted for 2021 but but really were they I'm, I'm always reminded of the story of the the record company A&R man who badgered um, Kate Bush after many years of not recording an album into divulging what she was up to and and after a while she said okay we'll come around the house and I'll show you what 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 I've what I've been up to and the man duly turned up and um she invited him in she opened her oven pulled out a tray of rock cakes and said uh, this is what I've been working on and, and and to my mind you know people people like to think that they they know or have an idea of what Fernando Alonso's planning he likes to give an impression that he's got plans um <sighs> Do you know what, what did he have in mind? I'm sure he'd look at that Ferrari driver and think I could um, at least be competitive in that. And he's obviously, you know, he's interested in racing. He's he's got plans around the Indy 500. He obviously has um, that that sort of triple crown ambition. Still, the question is, as you say, would he want to go back to Ferrari? Would Ferrari want him back? He did burn a few bridges, but then again, his beef seems to have been with the senior management who've since been axed. So the, the question is, was he that difficult to work with that the the, the present management will have uh, had the the notification from above that you, you do not employ this person under any circumstances? It's it's quite tricky, isn't it, when you, you, you have a driver who's so fantastically talented and so fantastically quick, but also so fantastically temperamental and difficult to manage at times. Luke, one last thing. We sort of we talked about the idea of maybe Carlos Sainz being the favourite. Well, if he does go to Ferrari, and of course we'd have to, this is all speculation. Naturally, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. Um, if if he were to go to Ferrari and all the outsider contenders uh, like Lewis Hamilton stays at Mercedes, Fernando Alonso doesn't get back in, he goes off, does the Dakar again, things like that. But Carlos Sainz goes to Ferrari, leaves a hole at McLaren. Do we think it's most likely that that would be filled by Ricciardo or Vettel? Because of course, there's the, there's a Mercedes, there's a there's a flip side to the Mercedes equation in that Mercedes might quite like Vettel to a drive for his team if they're still going to be about, or use his engines, which will be in the McLaren from 2021. But equally, it's just things aren't just that simple. Logic, things that make sense in our heads, certainly in my head, you know, doesn't necessarily translate into the complex negotiations of Formula One. So, what could be the domino effect here, and and how would this affect other drivers on the grid? Uh, well, yeah, I think firstly, it'll all depend on Ferrari making a decision um, if they want to make a very quick decision, which wouldn't surprise me, given that they've already um, decided this with Vettel, then that would, I think, set things off. So let's say theoretically they decide, let's go with Carlos Sainz, get him signed up. Um, McLaren were trying to get Sainz signed up much, much earlier this year. They talked about a new contract over the winter uh, but nothing was agreed as far as we know so I think that may come back to bite McLaren a little bit um, but they, they've they always been quite clear about this sort of long term plan to rebuild and I think as nice and as fun and as much as I think of we as we have all loved the um, Carlos Sainz Lando Norris partnership it hasn't quite had a big star name that I think McLaren would maybe have been craving you look back when it was Alonso and Button together um, obviously like through the 
mid two thousands when they had Kimmy there, Hakkinen. Uh, there was there's always been sort of a big big start, and it was quite nice to begin with. Like you had this sort of new humility, I think, from McLaren when it was Sainz and Norris together. But I think if they want to make a big statement going forward, I think getting a big name, be it Vettel or Ricardo, I think that would be huge for them going into twenty twenty one with the Mercedes engines coming in as well, uh, the budget cap for the future. They're very confident that they could be competitive once again. Now I think that. For Vettel, I think it would be quite attractive because it would be a chance to be with a team that has been struggling for a long, long time, has got a rich, rich history in Formula One. And it would maybe be sort of the last chance to sort of really try and rebuild a project, much as he maybe did at Ferrari and didn't quite achieve all his goals. But I don't think there would be the same kind of pressure as maybe there was at Ferrari. It'd be a case of, look, you're going to dip down to midfield team. If the budget cap plays out nicely and things go well, this could be a real great story to end your career with a Cinema McLaren and ret- return them to glory. Otherwise, I, there's not really a lot lost, to be honest. But then for McLaren, they may also think, well, is Ricardo a quicker option? Is he the better guy? Are we better off going with, with him moving forward? Um, would he be easier to work with than Vettel, perhaps? Would he have a, a couple of extra years in F1 as well, sort of thinking really long term? Um, I think for either drive, I think it is an attractive option. I think if Ricardo misses out on uh, a Ferrari seat, I think he would probably look to McLaren as being a, a good bet for the future. We know they had some talks uh, for uh, 2019 when he decided to move to Renault instead. So I think there's there's a good couple of options for McLaren on the table there. I think, yeah, I think as Jess said, Lewis Hamilton is a big winner from all of this because he his value has just gone up a lot because there is now a serious option elsewhere that he can go to Mercedes and say, well, that's what you're competing against. But I think also McLaren will think, look, at worst, they're going to have Carlos Sainz continuing with the team, which would be a really great thing for them to continue with. But then if they don't have Sainz, they could have Ricardo or they could have Vettel. And for them to have one of the most coveted seats in the F1 midfield, I think is a really, really good thing for them. So I think, uh, yeah, McLaren can be in a pretty good spot. Renault, I think they will probably be looking at, well, if we miss out on, if we lose Ricardo, do we want to sort of look at Vettel? Do we want to look at Sainz even? Would he be an option to go back there? I'm not so sure. Uh, Fernando Alonso, does he come back into the picture there? There's so many drivers that can move around. And I think it's just really cool that silly season, it looked like it was going to be a real, real non-event this year. Everyone was going to continue. And now it's all been blown out of the water. So I think it's going to be a really, really fiery few months uh, of uh, action coming up. Now, Jess, do we have any, do you have any comments that we want to, we want to throw in? Any questions we can answer from the viewers? We have many comments and a few questions, but there's a lot. Everyone's very vocal, and uh, <laughs> but it I seems, imagine most of them are about my hair. <laughs> from from what I can gather, uh, Ricardo looks to be a popular candidate for that Ferrari seat. Everyone's, I think, and from a lot of what people have said, it's it's more people that more people want to get. Um, Ricardo out of Renault. The last season was quite a pain season, which we we all knew was going to happen anyway. I think it's what he probably thought he was signing up for, but maybe not as painful as we ended up having. So he looks like he's a uh, he's a dead he's a dead sir. A lot of people are saying the Vettel should just retire um, and kind of end on a high, um, being in a Ferrari seat, and then 
ending. I mean, arguably, is it a high? I don't know. I mean, as we've said, he's got so much... Oh, God, is shaking his head. For, for a lot of his Ferrari career, he just hasn't had the right um, car. He hasn't had a car to suit his skills. And a team of that calibre ought to be able to give their lead driver uh, a car that he can work with. And you, know, you, you take last year, for example, it, it was an understeering mess and it wasn't until they put a new floor on it, etc. Um, in, in Singapore that but the car improved and you know you if if, if you're going to pay a, a four-time world champion to come and drive for you then um give it give him a car that that suits his 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 skill set or or hire someone that um can drive any car that does seem to be the weird thing doesn't it i, I was, I was going to say very quickly i find the renault thing genuinely fascinating because it's interesting you know that there's there's still they, they got ricciardo on this big money big news deal and yet it's not quite worked out they didn't go they weren't close to the top three as they were expecting to last season and he's obviously you know these the, there's, there's, it's not come out with the right we're staying together for this big project for the long term and also what i just think makes this whole scenario this whole drive market thing absolutely even more fascinating but it's also got a really a really scary and a really worrying aspect to it as well is the pandemic you know what is going to happen with Renault in the future are they going to be committed to Formula One so how can a driver you know how can they either be expecting to to get a big salary from there or also just get a get a long commitment so it's the same with Mercedes as well it's just it adds an extra dynamic hopefully fingers crossed it's 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 not as serious as all that but it's got to be factored in so yeah i think i think either it's just interesting to see how many teams have suddenly become big players and almost and also also taking a step back as well with Renault if, if we're considering you know actually might this not be a place where drivers want to be it's, it's, it's just it's just all fascinating anyway sorry Jess I interrupted you there no no it's fine it's fine I'm actually gonna I need to give Barry Heron a shout out because he is he is littering the comment section start begging us to talk about Bottas um, we've not really mentioned him as a contender but they're all saying why aren't you considering Bottas as a move to Ferrari you know out of the out of the shadow of Hamilton would he be able to take on Leclerc? That's what. Um, so, so Barry is saying. What about Bottas, and how would how would he unsettle Ferrari's biggest rival? So, what do we think about what do we think about Bottas taking that Ferrari seat? Good option, actually. I think it would be a driver who's a, a proven race winner can play that number two role well. Uh, is very easy to work with. I mean, Lewis Hamilton is. I mean, so great. Like you've got to be. You've got you've got to be quite careful, I think, when you're working alongside Lewis Hamilton, as I think um, uh, the relationship with Nico Rosberg proved in the past. Um, so for Bottas to have worked so well with Lewis, and for Lewis to be so happy with Bottas, I think that that proves just how valuable he is. Um, and I think, as as Barry says, like for Ferrari to nab um, one of their main rivals' drivers, that would be a huge thing. So I think I think Bottas would be I think a really good shout, and I think that would be maybe more dependent on Mercedes deciding what they're doing. Um, every year we go through this same scenario of are they going to carry on with Bottas for another year or not? Um, but also that might actually sort of light the fire a little bit underneath Mercedes as well. Um, they may now need to make a decision on what do they do with Bottas, and if he says, well, look, similar to Lewis with this bargaining power. I've got this contract offer from Ferrari to join them. You need to decide, do you want to use me or lose me for next year? And that's another dynamic to throw in there. So yeah, I think I think Bottas would be a great shot. I really, really do. Um, I think he would tick all of the boxes very, very nicely for Ferrari. But I think, again, for Bottas, does he really want to walk away from Mercedes right now? Um, knowing that Lewis is also entering the final sort of stages of his career as well. Does he want to walk away from a project where he could one day be the team leader? I'm not so sure. So, uh, but yeah, no, I think he'll be a really, really good shout for Ferrari. 
this could have a, a massive knock-on effect for Mercedes and even for Williams because if Bottas goes to Ferrari, suddenly Mercedes have got a seat. Could George Russell end up there? Could Esteban Ocon leave Renault? You know, it's just I just I just I just love that sort of thing. Anyway, Cudders, as you were saying, a lot of people forget, and or, or it maybe doesn't um, enter their thoughts that very often these people that we consider to be compliant number twos, the wingmen, as it were, do not think of themselves as wingmen. If you remember, there was there was a moderate amount of stink when Toto Wolff referred to um, Valtteri Bottas as, as a great wingman. We, we talk about the, the Schumacher and Barrichello years. Barrichello absolutely hated being number two to Michael Schumacher. If you think back to the Austrian Grand Prix in 2002, the whole reason for that hoo-ha was that um, Rubens waited until the very last minute to grudgingly and, and with his heels absolutely dug in to hand over the P1 to Michael when it had been agreed that the day before that he would hand over to Michael if if, if they were running one two with Rubens in front so to it, it's it's very much it's almost a non-starter to think of a driver as thinking of themselves as number two, uh, I, I can't imagine. I, I can't think of any successful top-level racing driver who has ever actually seriously been content to be number two. Maybe someone like Giancarlo Fisichella, who just liked to be in Formula One, but I don't think anyone in Valtteri Bottas's position has it in their mindset to to just be a number two and 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 be sort of after you, Claude, and um, uh, and and content with the, the 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 crumbs from the table as it were and it's only because Valtteri is such a professional and so cool that when when he gets the Valtteri it's James message he he doesn't just sort of throw his toys out the pram straight away no absolutely I think I think I agree with you there Codders um but maybe maybe one driver that is content with being a number two which Rocky 30 has been absolutely spamming the chat function with is could Kimi return to Ferrari as a compliant number two driver I mean, I'm sure he'd be he'd be happy with it, but uh, I don't know. I think Kimmy's enjoying his sort of final few years, and um, yeah, I, oh, that that would be really weird. It's, it reminds me of um, in, in the office after um, David Brent gets fired, and then he keeps coming back and keeps coming back just to say hello, and it's sort of a bit, I yeah, it's all a bit weird. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I, again, great story though. This is what as Alex you were saying, like I love about silly season. Every single driver on the grid is going to be linked to that Ferrari seat. Uh, we've got so much to talk about now. Uh, hopefully we can marry that up with some racing in the next couple of months and we're we're back underway uh, in July. But I mean, this is really, really going to get, I think, the, the F1 news wise going for, for a long, long time. So uh, yeah, it's going to be an exciting few weeks, I think. Absolutely. Well, I think that uh, that that makes sense as a as a point to wrap up on, Luke. We're looking forward to the future, all the news it's going to bring, and we hope to be uh, to be writing and bringing you our best analysis on Autosport.com and Motorsport.com. And yeah, it's just going to be an interesting time in terms of a silly season. And fingers crossed when we get to it, an actual racing season as well, which we are all looking forward to. And we hope everyone is staying as safe and as well as they can be during these challenging times. Uh, I'd just like to say thank you very much for joining us today, whether that was you're following along on YouTube or listening to the podcast. Uh, we do want to know what you think, so leave a comment in the comments below on YouTube keep the discussion going and if you're listening to the podcast join us on our social media channels uh, the various ones we have on Twitter Facebook and Instagram using our handle at Autosport so Luke, Jess, Codders thank you very much thank you very much for, for putting up with my uh, my attempts on this live broadcast I very much enjoyed it though I have to say thank you very much for that we'll see you soon and we'll be back again with another episode of the Autosport podcast very soon thanks very much
Music is 6am by Trilo, written by Marcus Simmons. See soundcloud.com slash Trilo Music. a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.